Welcome back to Finding Your Stride. My name is Brandon Handy, and today's episode is focused on positive classroom culture. Our guest has been teaching for 27 years and has taught everything from pre-K to 6th grade. Originally from Louisiana, Sandy Saussier is known to her co-workers for fueling the positive energy for the whole faculty. It is said she can walk away from any situation and take something positive from it. Sandy is always eager and willing to help students and co-workers alike, and is a true credit to her school and her district. Sandy, thanks for joining us today. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. Thanks for having me here today. Absolutely. I know it's a bit crazy with all the COVID stuff happening, and we're all in, cooped up in our houses, so I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to do this. Sure. This is going to be fun. So um, for our listeners out there, our, um, our podcast today is about positive class culture. Um, and this is kind of a, a big thing that a lot of people are focusing on lately because, um, you know, to be successful in education and to make sure we're providing our students with a happy and healthy environment, um, it really does well to have a positive class culture. Um, and I think it's important to note that every single person out there has their own mental vision for what a positive class culture looks like. Um, Some people picture children quietly sitting at their desk and following instructions. And some of us picture students communicating in a positive and respectful manner. Um, I think people are really going to realize that different people have different visions and expectations um, for what that positive culture looks like to them. So uh, our ultimate goal today is to give everybody out there keys to success when attempting to implement your vision for a positive class culture. So Sandy, can you tell us um, what a positive class culture looks like in your classroom and where does that start? Um, Before I answer the question, I loved how you got everybody started with saying that everybody has a different mental vision of their classroom because I spent a few years being a a teacher coach and I got to be in lots of classrooms and that positive culture did um, show up in different kinds of ways. So it didn't have to be the totally bubbly moving around classroom. I saw positive cultures in very calm, quiet classrooms. But um, to answer that question about a positive culture and what does it look like in my classroom, uh, I like to think about the analogy of when you light sparklers for New Year's Eve. Because when when you're ready to light a sparkler, you have to start with a central flame. And then one sparkler can light another sparkler and you can go back to the source flame. And I try to be hyper aware of my facial expressions and my body language, my treatment of others. I think that's what inspires others to be their own source. So it isn't about my positive attitude that makes the culture in my classroom positive. It's about everyone contributing to that positive culture. I think that's really um, good that you pointed out to a lot of people that you know, you don't have to be that happily bubbly teacher. You know, every single one of us has got a different personality. And there are loads of us out there, and myself included, that, you know, 
that are not that happily bubbly outgoing person where you're everywhere and you're excited like every single second. And, you know, a lot of us look at those people and we're like, wow, I wish I could have that much energy and be that person. So I, I think that's a really good point you make. Um, when you're, so I know you said since you were an instructional coach and you were in and out of classrooms and helping teacher and you've seen a lot of teachers out there and, and you've seen a lot of positive classroom culture. When you're thinking about where you see people um, fail the often or misstep the often, um, the most often and uh, not follow through and not have that positive classroom culture, where do you see that? Um, I think probably people fail at classroom climate the most because um, school is just, it, it just has so many hidden sources of stress around every corner. Like it could be picture day and the schedule has to be rearranged or a student won't come into class or a coworker is late and you have to cover their class or a student refuses to participate or in the case of my pre-K class, they just won't stop crying. <laughs> Um, you have to make sure that you're not letting the stress lead your situation or lead the culture in your class. So the first part is to just stop. As a teacher, you have to stop and connect with the student first. Um, It's really hard to not over ask personal questions um, because sometimes we think that we want to connect with the student and just keep asking them what's wrong. Um, But instead, just don't be very cognizant about how you're asking questions to students and really try to limit sarcasm. (laughs) I really try to say, keep the sarcasm totally out. And I know that's, that's a kind of a personality type because I'm pretty sarcastic myself, but um, just kind of lead that out. Um, And then empower your students to impact this culture. And I think in later in the podcast, because that's such a, a hot topic in itself, maybe we can delve into that a little bit more. And then the other part is sort of like a brain connection in how people fail in the classroom is because um, you have to keep in mind the power of dopamine. And dopamine is a key neurotransmitter And it supports our brain because it helps creating positive emotions in how we feel. And it helps our attention span and our ability to read others' social cues. And so if you spend a little bit of time thinking and reading about dopamine and you put that um, knowledge in the back of your own mind, then you can keep coming back to that as some of the powerful forces that are within your classroom. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm listening to you and uh, my undergrad was in psychology and there was a lot of, um, I, you know, we talked about neurotransmitters and how, how powerful the uh, different neurotransmitters are. And um, there are a lot of studies out there that, you know, feed off of what you're saying in that dopamine Um, you can do things out there like um, smiling. Like even when you're not happy, if you're smiling, then they say it actually increases your dopamine level. Um, Something I started to do before this whole um, COVID pandemic is, you know, I was standing, 
uh, I would frequently pass by the foyer doors at the school and I would be, you know, it's a, it's a great day to be a tiger this morning, you know, and I would just smile at the kids and they would, you know, laugh and, you know, I would be silly and whether they thought I was silly or they thought I was stupid or whatever it was, you know, it made me kind of smile, you know? And so I, I think that is, um, that's a, that's a good point. And, you know, bringing those dopamine levels up, um, doing things positively to make yourself feel good. Um, and, and another thing you said is you said positive talking. Um, you know, Sandy, I have heard you do this, uh, I mean, at least 50 million times, you know. Um, you are really good at positive presuppositions. Um, you, you could have a child screaming in the hallway and um, you come up to that child and you say something so kind and so nice and you say something like, oh, I can see how you really want your see, to see how your voice sounds in the hallway in this different environment at that noise level. But, you know, at our school, we keep it at a level zero in the hallway. You are just so kind in your corrections and your positivity. So um, I just think that's so cool. Yeah, sometimes um, it's hard to not think of the end first. I, and I think that goes back to that part of where people fail is that you know what you want them to do. So you're trying to just jump right there. So mm -hmm. <laughs> it's hard to not just say, stand up and get in line <laughs> because we need to walk to the library. Right. Instead, you need to kind of meet them where they are and just um, give them some, some positive feelings and get, and it has a different name to it. And I think we'll get to that a little bit later, but it's just kind of giving them, uh, giving yourself positive thoughts about the child in their moment of breakdown. Mm -hmm. And one final thing I want to digest that I thought was really important. And I just want to call this out for our audience um, as like a key for success for them. You said, don't let the stress lead the situation. And I really like that. I, I know everybody responds differently to stress. I know I do when I am super stressed, when I'm having that day and all of a sudden it's picture day and then, um, you oh, there's a surprise appearance by somebody coming in and then, oh no, I forgot about the assembly in the afternoon. You know, you know all I can help myself to do, Sandy, is just laugh. Like, I'm just like, okay, it's, it's, it's that day. It's that day today. <laughs> Well, I hope when we're all finished with this COVID learning at home, we're going to all see stress a lot differently and have more flexibility in our personalities. No, I agree. So um, if somebody was looking to turn around their class culture, um, you know, they feel like they don't have a, a really good class culture in place. They don't feel like they're very positive. Where's the first place they could start to turn that around? Um. One of the first things that when we were talking, we talked about that it takes the whole village of the classroom. It's, it's the whole classroom together that really creates that positive culture. And so you have to figure out how to give kids the power to recognize. And, and if this were a visual presentation, I would be having the word recognize <laughs> on the vocabulary card because um, recognizing is when you you really see every little positive thing happening and you you name it and uh, you you bring the attention to that um in our classroom we have these little um 
fake stuffed flowers. And when I noticed someone doing something, I put a kindness flower in a flower pot. But so if I noticed that all the kids came to the carpet as soon as I rang the chime, I would say, wow, everybody came to the carpet so quickly. I'm going to put a kindness flower in our flower pot because that really is going to help us to have a successful day. But at the same time, I empower the students to notice things. So they might say something like, um, Nathaniel sat in my yellow spot, but when I asked him to move to his spot, he went right away. And, and that student might say, can we put a kindness flower for Nathaniel? And we'll just stop. And we noticed some good behavior, but it wasn't me noticing every great thing happening in our classroom. It was the students noticing that positive. And when we were going back to when we we're talking about the child having the temper tantrum in the hall, um, that term is called positive intent. And what the positive intent does, um, it means it, you take it upon yourself as the teacher. So you have to put positive intent in your own heart. That means that you see the student is not coming from a place of malice toward you. They're not coming from a place of malice toward another student. Um, you just stop. You see what the behavior is and you teach how you want the student to follow the rules in your classroom. So you're not thinking of they didn't turn in their homework because they never turn in their homework. You're thinking of, well, it looks like John hasn't turned in his homework. Let me go ahead if I can see if he needs um, a new ditto sheet because maybe he lost it. Let me just ask him if maybe he needs another copy of it. So um, always keep in your heart that the child is capable of the best behavior and the, the best process that they can do in the classroom. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people um, lose sight of that. I think a lot of people lose sight of that each child probably 95% of the time doesn't have any malintent. You know, they, they are wanting, yeah, they want to do the right thing. And, you know, as a teacher, you have anywhere, I mean, you, you could have tons of students. I have 69 different students this year and you get bogged down in the fact that, you know, the, the little things keep hitting at you And, you know, you're just like, oh, you know, will you just do this, you know, instead of like, and so you get frustrated and that's really hard to keep, you know, a firm mindset. And, And I love, love, love that you talked about training students to see kindness, Um, you know, at the beginning of every single year and after um, long holiday breaks. We always bring the kids back and we always reteach them and retrain them um, for those policies, procedures, expectations, the rules, like everything that the school and the classroom needs to be successful. So you have good classroom management happening. Um, but one of the things that people may neglect is training students to see that kindness. Um, and I think, like you said, you're vigilant about looking for the kindness and making sure to add that kindness flower to the flower pot. Um, but having students recognize it and then ask for that, it's be like, you know, so-and-so was so polite to me and they were so kind. Can they have a kindness flower to the 
you know, flower pot. I love that, Sandy. I think that's really, really good. It's almost um, like turning tattling on its head. Right. want to tell you something anyway. So instead, why don't you empower them to tell you the good things they're seeing? I agree. I, I totally agree. I love that you talked about, um, like, you know, we were just talking about how people lose sight of being able to have that positive mindset. And, um, you know, we often spend a lot of time and energy and intentions. Uh, we have the best intentions, in fact. Um, but that energy from the beginning of the school year, at some point in time, can fade off, you know, and it can fade off at any time. Um, how do you stay in a positive mindset and avoid losing sight of having and maintaining a positive class culture? I love how you kind of um, made the picture of the school year. Um, I'm going to quote a Beatles song here on life is a long and winding road, just like every school year is a long and winding road. And uh, even before this coronavirus, there were very difficult parts of my life. Um, I've worked in a school where the goal was that both students and staff were kept in total control. Um, and I, I just know the joy and the power of being believed in. Uh, I know that for myself, Setting a new goal every day, both small and large, just gives me energy. So this helps me to fight that feeling of being overwhelmed or grouchy about the challenges of the day. I just try to set, I have a long commute from my house to work. So in that time when I'm driving, it's kind of helpful for me because I really do try to set some goals, just a small goal, like maybe a child that I didn't notice yesterday, or maybe a bigger goal, like, oh, we sure grumpy with that coworker yesterday. I want to be sure to seek them out and tell them good morning and then check in with them again at the end of the day. So just setting those little goals, because I know how really fortunate I am to be in the situation where I am now. And I know that not every day is going to be, uh, just genuinely happy and I'm going to have to fight for it. I like that fight for your happiness. I really, I think that's, um, that's something that people can really take away and they can say, yeah, you know, I fight for a lot of things. Why can't I fight for my happiness? I think that's, I think that's a really nice sentiment. What would you say are two biggest keys to having or implementing a positive classroom culture? Oh, Brandon, you know, when you give me a number like two, it's really hard to get <laughs> <stick> to <that. laughs> But um, if I have to pick some of the biggest keys, um, I think it starts definitely with that teacher seeing that he or she is the place where it has to start. Uh, so it has to start with the teacher. You can't view it as I've got this really rowdy bunch of kids this year. Or, wow, this group of kids this year just doesn't pay attention. You have to always come back to yourself on what do I have within myself to change this? It has to be very reflective on your part. Um, the other is that it goes back to letting that the kids take ownership of the room. Um, 
besides the kids doing the noticing with me of the good and kind things that are happening, also in our room, every child has a job every day. I'm going to repeat that. Every child has a job every day. And older kids and older grades might not think that this is necessary or possible, but if you know me, you know I can help you with that. But both the teacher and the students need to feel wanted and needed every single day. So um, so I think that's just something that's important. And I didn't always do that. I, I started off my career with the helper of the day, but I've really seen the power of every child having a job every day. And um, I spend a lot of time watching culture videos and listening to culture, classroom culture podcasts. And I know that um, I've seen where high school students are the greeter at the door and um, it's changed that kid around. And he likes to be the, the example of what I'm just visualizing in my head of a video that I saw once was, um, a high school student that liked to be the class clown. He wanted to be <laughs> seen every day. So the teacher tapped into that and made him the classroom door greeter. And it, it changed the culture around because he was seen and he used his strengths, but in a positive way. So we all just need to feel needed. I think there's a, some really great keys um, you know, I th- like you said, I think it's really powerful to give students jobs. Um, like you said, everybody needs to feel needed. Um, it's, it's important. It's, it gives them something they can take ownership of and something they can stand behind and say, hey, that, that's what I do. That's my responsibility, you know. Um, and I think that kind of fuels that responsibility inside them and gives them that level of intrinsic motivation that they may be looking for and helping them um, provide providing that for them really can lead them to success. I I really, I do believe that. Um, Speaking of that though, what's one tip you could give to help educators keep their students in a positive mindset? You know, we're we're talking about students and how they can um, help provide this you know, positive classroom culture, it's, you know, starts with the teacher, but how do you put that student and keep them in that positive mindset? I think that when we're thinking about ourselves and myself, how to keep myself in a positive mindset, I like to tap into people surrounding me that are the same as me and people surrounding me who are totally different than me. So, um, Brandon, I know I go to you a lot for technology and because you have that difference that from me, but I also go to people who are very similar to me because I need that energy of them to feel connected to someone who's just like me. I, I think that Kids need to do that same thing. And when you're setting up a classroom culture um, that's positive, you need to highlight for students how they gain a strength from students that are like themselves and how they gain strength 
from students who are very different from, from them. I, I know that students find, find that example to play in um, very vividly to them when they're working in cooperative groups. And um, so I think that as we move toward that kind of learning in the classroom, we're able to show students the strength in that of gaining that energy from students that are the same as them and students that are different from them. Yeah, yeah, I, that's, I think everybody, like you said, has their own strengths and, you know, going back to, all the way back to like our, what we were talking about with intrinsic motivation, it's, everybody has a strength and everybody wants to let their strength shine. Having somebody approach them for their strength, I think will not only make that person feel good, but the person who's asking for help will also learn something out of that. So keeping each other in a positive mindset by relying on each other's strengths and helping each other, I think that's a great skill that can be taught to a class. So, yeah. Well, Sandy, thank you for coming on today. I, I want to leave you with one more question. Um, you know, educators all around are known for having the best stories. Can you tell us a funny time about when you took a negative experience in the classroom and turned it into something positive? Uh, you know, it is so hard to just pin down a story because I love telling a story. <laughs> <laughs> but some of my funniest stories actually come from when I was a teacher coach. And because I had a really funny boss. So I think my boss story can translate to using it with a student or just being a teacher within a staff. But I had this boss and she complained about everything I did. She thought I had too many things in my office, although I only had one box and a bookshelf of books and one picture of my family. She told me I had too many things. Um, she thought I shared too many ideas. She thought I was too energetic. She even complained that I didn't wear enough makeup to work every day. Um, and wow. she didn't even like the way I put my sugar in my coffee. Seriously, she did it. But um, I just totally turned that around. So even though uh, my supervisor was constantly on me about every little thing and I just couldn't seem to please her, I tried to come from the direction of, I'm just going to notice every positive thing she did. So everything that she did that was positive, I just noticed it, thanked her, complimented her on it. And I just wanted to recognize that I could put my best foot forward and not quit. And I think students can identify with this too. And um, because everyone probably has a teacher in their world or a friend in their world or a coworker in their world that just is never satisfied with anything that, that they do. And we can rise above that. Did, did she ever come back to you and saying, hey, Sandy, you're really great and change your attitude? Yeah, did. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. It was as if she would forget how she treated me daily because when I was treating her kindly, she really would 
honestly tell me things about how great I was. And it kept a lot for me to keep the sarcasm down and not say, well, would you please stop telling me to wear more mascara? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that would be um, pretty offensive. Yes. (laughs) But good for you for staying positive. But Sandy, thank you so much again for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. And I hope all of our listeners can really take away from a lot of those keys and strategies that you talked about today and just kind of run with those. Um, You know, we all need a little bit of help, especially when it comes to promoting positive classroom culture. And so um, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day and sitting with me. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, Sandy. Thanks again for tuning in. Check back next week for another new episode. My name is Brendan Handy, and I hope I helped you find your stride today.